Welcome to the Minx and Muse podcast. I'm your host, Crimson Minx, creatrix of Minx and Muse, a dark feminine playhouse where we awaken our innate magic through esoerotic dance and witchcraft. Welcome to the Portal of Enchantment. Welcome to the Minx and Muse podcast. This is a solo episode with me, Crimson, and we are going to be reflecting on our past month's archetype of the subliminal storyteller. So we are wrapping up July 2023. Um, In case this concept is new to you, every month at the studio over the past year, we have chosen a different archetype to work with. And so I'm just doing these solo episodes to kind of reflect and wrap up the month. And so with this month, I want to talk about kind of what we uncovered working with this archetype, but also and in celebration of the archetype, I am going to storytell myself. So first starting off, the subliminal storyteller was a really fun and creative archetype to work with. And the reason being is that we get to shift out of this kind of a logical, linear, uh, fact-based point A leads to point B um, conventional way of thinking. And I had said at one point that our archetype is the subliminal storyteller, not the subliminal statement changer, which we do a lot in magic. We'll say, okay, I notice I'm having this one experience or this seems to be my reality and I'm going to just change the statement around it or my mantra around it. And this month we got to think way outside the box when it comes to that and really use our creativity and our non-conventional endless potentiality uh, mindset in order to tap into an entire new reality for ourselves. So the idea with the subliminal storyteller is we all have stories that we tell ourselves and subliminal subconscious. We know if you follow our work here that the subconscious is so powerful. It's what dictates the reality around us as is within, so is without. And so our first kind of call to action this month was to reflect and to take note of the stories we were telling ourselves. And what were these ingrained belief systems that were no longer serving us, that we were over? I really started to recognize that I was tired of some of these stories, like, oh, I'm over this story. It's so lame. It's so old. So it was really cool to uncover those. But then came the work, and the work was rewriting these stories. And so we tried to focus on different areas of our lives, specific areas, rather than taking on the burden of like an entire life rewriting. (laughs) Um, So an example would be, If you felt that you were not a creative person and you were always telling yourself the story, well, I'm very logically minded. Well, I'm a a math science person. I have never partaken in the arts. I don't know how to do painting or I don't know how to make music. Therefore, I am void of creativity. This story that was holding us back from showing up in perhaps non-conventional ways of creativity in our life. We wanted to unearth these stories and start writing new stories, writing ourselves out of that reality, starting perhaps 
the story with, I once thought that I was not creative, but what happened was X, Y, Z. And when X, Y, Z happened, it opened up this new reality, which led to X, Y, Z. So hopefully you get the point. And it really does allow for this entire opening of new realities, which we then use certain techniques like self-hypnosis and journeying and meditation and repetition and external um, sensory supports and things like creating playlists, creating mood boards, creating a scent, all of these new associations with our new story that we used within our spell casting to reinforce this new reality and implant this new story within our subconscious mind. Again, not to be, to, to interrupt with a sales pitch, but a lot of the depth of what we do with the archetype happens in the Minx Amuse Multiverse, which is our virt virtual membership. So you can learn more about that if you're like, ooh, this diving deep interests me. Um, check out our website. But re returning, so this idea of storytelling, why is this, why would this be? more effective than say, just creating a new mantra, which I think a lot of times we do. You've been telling yourself, I'm not creative. So your mantra is, I'm very creative. Well, it's kind of dull and it's kind of, it lacks that sex appeal and that, that sensory engagement and that emotional pull. And so it has been scientifically proven that through stories, we exponentially remember facts, uh, more so than if we are learning facts simply through like reading bulleted statements or reading a textbook. So when we learn things through stories, we have greater memory recall, which is powerful in and of itself, right? Because we want, we want to imprint our, our brain with this new story. We want it to be memorable, but I love, we had a witch this month share share with us that she had brought this this work to her therapist which is amazing in and of itself to have a therapist that is open to the work we do in coven and our witchcraft and the therapist actually added on to this and confirmed that this is a really powerful technique and ritual in that what it does is it allows us to have a different vantage point for ourselves we tend to be very self-critical and very self-doubting by default. And so through storytelling, we're creating a new vantage point where we give ourselves more empathy and more allowance for shifts and change within our lives. So storytelling, super powerful. Um, it's been proven by science. It is therapy approved. And this idea of maybe next time you're doing a spell, instead of just using a, a, a mantra or a declaration, which I'm super into those as well, but how can we also include storytelling? How can we write a new chapter in our life, writing ourselves out of our current reality and being the main character of our of our life how do we write ourselves into a more desirable situation so pretty simple concept i did find that people really had some struggles around this putting the pen to paper and really committing to this new truth so um if you're one of those people give yourself grace but also just find a spot in nature go sit down without distractions pen and paper and just 
write it out. And just that simple act can be the, the first step to then the greater transition. Um, and the, the awakening to, oh my gosh, like why have I been stuck in this, this one circumstance? This is, there's, there's endless potentiality in the world and that's what magic allows for. Um, final thing I'm going to say around this is maybe I say this ad nauseum sometimes, but our magic is always returned to us in ways that are seemingly unconventional, unexpected, and seem coincidental. And knowing that it gives us this awareness of like, oh my gosh, the endless potential of how, some, how an intention can be delivered to us or how things can shift because it's not usually going to be in the expected means. It's not going to be, I do A, which leads to B, which leads to C, which leads to D. Here we go. That linear thinking. Magic comes to us in very unexpected ways. And this is where our creativity can really start to enhance our magic and in, enhance the the expansion of how we truly can uh, re rewrite our lives and and be the ones who who are the narrator who the author of our of our our dreamy story so all that being said such a fun month i really enjoyed this and i did a post on Instagram and in our stories. And I said, I'm doing this podcast. One story actually that I've been battling with is that no one is interested in me doing solo episodes on the podcast. And it's really been something that holds me back from, from posting more episodes. Cause I'm always kind of waiting to interview people and working on it this month. I'm writing a new story. Yeah. Some people don't. And so they won't listen. So who cares? But <laughs> some people will be interested in these solo episodes. So the new story is I do solo episodes for people who are interested in hearing them. And I really liked being able to post a question. So I'll continue doing that on topics that you want covered during these solo episodes. But I had asked, what's a story you'd like to hear for during this during this podcast that I'm filming. And the most common one was, I want the story around the studio and what led you to opening the studio. And I feel like I've talked about this before, but just in snippets and especially in social media, you have to keep things so succinct. So I am not going to drone on and on to my best, <laughs> my best intention anyway. I tend to be chatty, but I would love to talk about this. So um, how did the studio come about? What led me to this? So I'm going to start the story, let's say maybe 2012-ish, when I know that a lot of people experienced some kind of shift or spiritual awakening around that time. It was like the end of the Mayan calendar, for those who remember. Um, for me, I had spent most of my adult life up to that point living in New York City, and I just was over it and needed to move. And so I did a cross-country move to Los Angeles. And I was only in Los Angeles for four and a half years, but it was truly, I would say, the most transformative time in my life. I was also in my young 30s, which just tends to be that Saturn return um, transitional time as well. But um, I say that New York taught me how to work hard and hustle and L.A. taught me how to dream. And I moved to L.A. just 
um, kind of on a whim. I'd only been there once or twice before I moved there. And I just wanted sunshine. I'll tell you, if we're being real, I really didn't know anyone who moved there. A couple acquaintances from high school. Um, but it was a really awesome time. And I recommend... <laughs> If you have the opportunity to move to a place that just feels dreamy to you, even if you don't know anyone there, I also moved to Austin, not really knowing anyone. And I was been by myself um, during these moves. Do it. It forces you to really understand yourself and know yourself at a deeper level because you don't have the distractions. When I was in New York, I knew so many people in New York. Um, even though I've always been naturally a self-reflective person, I didn't, I wasn't, didn't have the forced solo time to to rediscover myself at greater depth. So anyway, I'm I'm in LA and I'm looking for things to do and around the same time I discovered witchcraft and magic and sensual dance. It just worked out that way and I don't think there any are any coincidences and so to me those always went hand in hand. These dark feminine aspects of like the occult and magic and witchcraft, um, as well as sexuality and sensuality and expressing oneself in that way and, and the shadow work and um, all of the, the reflection that comes around that, right? So um, I was working as an art director at the time and I remember there was um, a building near me when I would go to lunch, I would see it and it, it said secret pole dance across the top. And I really was like, oh my gosh, that's like where strippers go to train. And that's so cool, but not me. Like I was not a sexually liberated human at the time. Definitely not when it came to just uh, finding it within myself as well. So um, I thought it was intriguing, but I never thought much of it until there was um, there was this site called Life Booker at the time where it was kind of like a Groupon. It was big at the time. And I was subscribed to it. And I saw an email come in that you could take classes at this place. And I said, Oh my gosh, that's the place around the corner. Like that's someplace I could go. And I was like, well, shit, I'll do it. So I signed up for this, I don't know, three classes or whatever it was. And I remember walking in cause I was just looking to make new friends and I was looking to do new things. Um, and I will preface this saying I have no dance history other than when I was like, you know, did tap and jazz and ballet as a little girl and uh, I was a, up to that point in my life, a committed gym bunny. I was, a, I liked running. I went to the gym almost every morning. I was definitely more on the tomboyish and I was definitely not someone who felt comfortable expressing sexuality or prioritizing sensual pleasure in by any stretch of the imagination. Um, even with sexuality at that time, it was always through a lens of, with someone else, with a partner. It was never even a concept in my brain that this was something I could access within myself outside of a relationship. So um, bringing it back, I stepped into the studio and oh my gosh, I was like, what is this madness? Um, there was just, everyone there was just dressed very, um, very freely like I was came in in like yoga pants and oversized t-shirt and uh but give, given a little bit of time it the clothes started coming off and off and off and so 
this studio, Secret Pole Dance Studio, is very, um, I would say, sexually liberated and very open in sexual expression through their dance and movement. It's not a typical, perhaps, pole fitness studio that you may have encountered. And I always think if I had gone anywhere else, there's no way that I would have stuck with with pole and and floor work. And we did chair dance and strip tees and all of those things. There's no way because I would have found it uninteresting. Um, I would have just gone back to the gym. But this was different as titillating. So everyone's like in these like bikinis and heels and fishnets. And here's the thing about this studio. Also, it was all different types of people, all ages, all body shapes, all colors, all cultures. And it was fascinating to me. And just like, I need this. I don't know what this is, but it's been absent my entire life. And so I started taking classes at the studio and I was there for, I mean, until I left LA. So many years. And I would say my experience there really opened me up to feeling like I was, I could express in a sexual manner. Like I was, would never have considered myself like sexy. And now I'm like, Oh, I can do sexy. (laughs) And it was so fun and it was so uncomfortable and it was so awkward. And I will say I kind of defaulted to starting to put pressure on myself to start getting more fitness and, 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 acro and gymnastic-y in it, doing tricks and all of that as I continued on my my journey there. And I ended up injuring myself pretty bad, um, pulling some things in my back and my neck and getting a really bad shoulder issue. And so it forced me, and I was so frustrated at the time. I'm like, I want to do the cool, flippy, tricky things. But upon reflection, when I, the strongest I was during at least that pole dance aspect, I was always a floor dancer, um, always a strip teaser, loved those. But in my, my pole exploration, the strongest I was and the most advanced I was, was the most miserable that I found myself in in my dance and movement. And so it took, (laughs) it took a little time to learn that lesson that I was just most happy in the lower level classes and that I would not consider lower level now, but just by numbers at the time, it was like a level two, right? But I think there's a lot of people in a level five who couldn't do that too, because it involved a lot of vulnerability with your dance and movement, but just dancing. I just wanted to dance and touch on myself and, and do spins and, and, fuck the floor. And as they say, (laughs) and so that is one thing. So I had such a a wonderful experience there, made so many friends, never taught or anything like that, but was just like, wow, I I loved, in fact, I loved it so much that, um, I, I started a blog at one point. I want to say I started a blog in maybe 2000, 14 it was called pole parlor and then um and then the next year i started a podcast where i interviewed a lot of pole dancers from all over the world and it, and i would go to like conventions and expos and i sold t-shirts and like merch and it was just so so cool and so fun that was kind of my first little like small business venture and it never like made me money or anything but i had a full-time job at the time um but it's a really nice way to be able to like creatively enter that world from perhaps 
a, an outs, an, a, a not dance perspective, right? Like I was, I was never going to be the best dancer. Um, I was never going to be like, I never wanted to compete or I did some performances, some studio performances, but that's not, that's never been my jam. Um, but I loved being able to like still have like a creative voice within the community, if that makes sense. So anyway, um, that's kind of my, my, my dance. And so I'm always grateful to the owner of that studio diamond and all of my, um, instructors and student fellow students there, because it really awoke in this aspect of me that was just never, I can't imagine what my life would be if I had never stepped foot in that door. Um, so that's, that's kind of the dance and the sensual expression, um, aspect and learning how to like feel good in my body, despite what it looked like and, and being, um, feeling what like sexuality felt like outside of like a relationship or intercourse or anything like that. At the same time, I also was really getting interested in spirituality. So I was going through um, a breakup with a boy who now I'm like, why, why were you so upset over this? But at the time, you know, oh my gosh, he was, he was the one or whatever, you know, or he was just the best I could have had. And, um, and in looking for kind of some soul support that that's where I really started finding a lot of magic and witchcraft, just looking to ease a broken heart and just looking for like, you know, also just being that age in the young thirties where you're like, oh, there's like gotta be something else out there. Um, the adulting starting to questioning your, your just daily life adulting and what what else is in the beyond so I started you know doing meditations and I started doing reading tarot and I started um just getting really like immersed in different esoteric concepts and yeah there was like the YouTubes and stuff but this was social media wasn't so big at that point it was more like a blog time um but I the good thing I do feel like I was divinely led to LA because there was just so much going on there. And I had the blessing to be able to learn under so many people there who now have pretty big social media presences that at the time it was really easy to access them. And so um, just a few things that I did. So I used to do weekly crystal meditation uh, at, at a place called Spellbound Sky with um, a wonderful woman named Jessica Snow. And she always had these like amazing meditative journeys that she took us on. Um, <laughs> I re I'm going to just tell a few, a few stories. So I used to do that. I mean, I took um, tarot immersive workshops um, at a place called, what was it called? liberation or liberated something like that but under amazing kind of elder teacher there I did oh I worked with a wonderful um young man named Stephen who was my uh, lucid dreaming mentor and he would I worked with and he also did crystal healings with me and I worked with him for years on lucid dreaming and he um I would love to look him up. I have no idea what he's up to these days, but he was a wonderful mentor to me. Um, even like I learned under Madame Pamita, she was writing her first tarot book then, and she would have like this weekly class where you could just go and focus on one card per, per week. And it was on Saturday mornings. And that was awesome. 
Um, but I was also like open to all the things. Like I love telling the story how I used to go to botanicas all the time and do readings and, and cleanses. And there were multiple times when I was naked in <laughs> like metal buckets or in like a weird side shower thing with like milk and being poured over me and eggs cracked over my head and cigar smoke um, blown in <laughs> in maybe areas where cigar smoke shouldn't be blown. But at the time we were cleansing the spirits or whatever. I just all, I, I was open to all of the things. It I have no regrets for any of this stuff. It was so cool just to like experiencing cleanses from different cultures and journeying from other cultures. I went to this, like my first public meditation was actually down in like a really fancy schmancy place on the water. Um, I forget the name of the town, but it was like a very fancy place about an hour South in like orange County. And, um, this man like took us on this visualization and everyone there was like, Oh, I left my body and I was doing this. And I'm like, this is my first meditation. What is going on? The lady that I was sitting next to told me about how she remembers being born and just like, Whoa. And like all that, I kind of missed this time where everything was like, you know, I got I Ching readings. I, um, went to some, um, occult discussions and and presentations i mean there's so much i can't even think but like different rituals and goddess circles and all over and just really at the time i was like i want to just immerse in all the things because magic was so new um and i kind of missed that point and that that initial time where just everything was so like mind-blowing i'm realizing that i am totally blabbering so i'm gonna reel it in so anyway these were kind of my experiences during my time in LA. I'm having this like inner sexual awakening. I'm also having this like inner soul spiritual awakening and I am trying all the things and I'm figuring out what fits for me and I'm loving the hell out of it. And at one point, this is getting to the studio thing now, I remember really early on in my time in LA, I had a tarot reading from a woman, Sasha, who still does my readings like I do one or two a year with her. And she was like, you are going to open a business. And I was like, that's fascinating. Like a, like an online business. Like this was even before I did the pole parlor thing or the, the, the podcast that I told you about. And she's like, no, it's a physical business. And I was like, doing what? And she's like, I don't know, but it's going to be a physical storefront and it's not in LA. And I was like, what? No, I just got here. Like, I love it here. It's sunny every day. There's palm trees. I'm not leaving. <laughs> and she was like, well, it's not anytime soon, but I'm just putting that out there. Now we begs the question, right? Did she implant that belief system that led to everything? Maybe. Or did she have the foresight? Maybe. <laughs> All I know is I remember her telling me that, and that was always back of mind. And I, you know, then started the virtual business. And a few years in to LA, I really realized I loved it there, but I didn't have a future there. And it, I wanted to move somewhere where I could settle down more and where, ironically, where I thought, oh, it's going to be so much more affordable. Well, Austin was affordable then. It's not as much anymore in 2023. <laughs> 
but um yeah, I started thinking like, you know, there's bigger things I want out of life. And I was kind of just stuck being an art director in LA and I felt like there was life for me elsewhere. And I did start getting this idea of like, I want to open a business and I think I want to open a studio, but I don't want it to be like any other studio I've ever been to because I want to meld the witchcraft and the sensuality. And I want, I understand what works for me and what lights me the fuck up and there's got to be other people who would want this alternative experience and so long story long um i moved to i choose austin i did not want to go back to the northeast i'm from new jersey um i had went to i lived in baltimore for a while as well and i was like i'm done with winter so it kind of limited where i could move and i had um i did have a friend who lived here who had gone to was going to grad school here so I came to visit and I was like, Ooh, this is, this is cool. And I had another friend from college who had a family here as well. And so I had gone to visit a few times and I thought, Austin, it is. I didn't really overthink of it too much. Um, but I, I do feel like I was led here as well. Um, and I got here and the plan was buy a house and then open a business. And I was here for a few months and I was like, I really don't want it be an art director and I did graphic design anymore. I was freelance at that point. And so the business really started interesting me. And here's a fun story. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do this business. I'm going to, I'm going to open a business. So I started concepting it and I am the type of person when I get something in my mind, it generally will happen if I'm if it is meant to be. And so I started saying, you know, we'll put the buying the house on hold. And what we'll do is we'll focus on, you know, doing the business first, which I'm glad that I did. So this was 2016. I had moved and almost immediately I had told, I knew like three people in Austin. So when I moved here, I started going to different studios and I started looking for different spiritual spaces. And so, you know, making, uh, making friends and networks and everything like that, getting an understanding of like what existed. And, um, I had told like one of the three people I knew here about this concept for a business. And he was like, oh, I heard of this place that actually it's that I, I know that they're moving out and they will be looking for someone to take over the lease. Um, and I was like, oh, how big is it? And he was like, oh, it's 1200 square feet. And I was like, oh, it's too small. I don't think so dismiss that I'm building my do my business plan also if you're ever going to open a physical business you better as hell have a business plan so you really understand um how much it's going to cost and the financial implications and it forces you to really get into the the nitty-gritty of what it's going to take to open the business so um I hire a uh, a real estate guy and he's not getting me anything good. And I'm like, I really want it to get this place by, you know, by August. And this was 2017 at this point. And so I was getting frustrated. So I go back to the, to my friend and he's like, and I said, remember that place you told me like three months ago, you don't think there's any chance that that place is still available. And, you know, after three months of, of fruitless looking around the city and he's like I'll check and he's like oh yeah actually he said that they were going to post it online next week so he got me the number I got in touch with the guy and it's makes and use and so I get this space I'm like oh it's big enough what is wrong with me and it was like the and so I'm doing this magical work 
to manifest this studio. The universe gives it to me right in the beginning and I just ignore it. <laughs> this It seems like a coincidence that a friend just knows a place, right? Like back to the storytelling, how we had said before, how magic works, things come to us in total unexpected ways. I thought I had to hire a person and then we needed to look for the place and, you know, then we find this this one place and it had to go through these proper channels. Meanwhile, it was like, no, as soon as I started like spell working for it, it was handed to me and I ignored it. But anyway, find this place. And he was like, well, I'm posting it tomorrow. So I need to know. And I was like, no, 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 I want it. Um, and it was a totally different space. It was an old cabinet shop and it was an old bike shop before that. And we did a lot of work on it, but point being, I have this space and this is, uh, August of 2017. And now it's like, okay, well, what, what are you doing? Um, and this is where I started kind of talking to people and people were like, there is no way you're going to open a, a studio with poles in it where people can't, because at the studio, we don't invert and we don't do aerial tricks because for me, that's not what it's about. Uh, but I won't go too much into to the whole philosophy of Minks and Muse in this episode. But there was a lot of people pushing back and like, I don't understand how like you, so you're doing witchy stuff, but you're also doing like floor fucking and striptease. Like, and it, it took a lot of people were just so confused because it didn't exist. It wasn't out there. And which is fine because I wasn't too worried, but I will say it took years to really get it like, figured out and get people to really wrap their minds around it um but so that's kind of the story so we it got it in august we opened we had a grand opening the end of september of 2017 and i just kind of tried to post a lot about it. I found all of my instructors serendipitously. Well, that'll be a story for another day. And we opened and people came out to opening night and, and it was so slow. Um, for, I remember we would get like two people in class, three people in a class, no person in a class, one person in a class for so long. And I will be completely honest, actually some, and when I asked the question, what do you want me to talk about? Um, some people had asked more business related questions about the studio. And I will say, it doesn't feel like the right platform to address any kind of businessy things. But if anyone knows a business podcast and has a connection and would like me to go, would like to introduce me, I would be happy to go on a business focused podcast to talk about the business stuff. So putting that out to the universe. But anyway, yeah. So just so I wanted to be clear, we weren't like, we opened, it's fabulous. Like it has been so much work since then. And it took a while to get people to actually show up and, and to commit to memberships and to start taking classes and to hear about us. And for us to figure out, like, I remember we used to do a morning, this was before virtual too. Virtual has changed everything, but uh, we used to have like a morning meditation class that only one, uh, my, Renice, bless you, would come to in the morning. It would just be me like leading a meditation with Renice. And so we realized like, well, we don't really have eight, 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. people. <laughs> and just figuring out what classes worked, what didn't, you know, what having to explain to people who came with preconceived 
um, ideas of what sensual dance was or like what witchcraft was or if we're Wicca and all of that. So it's been a, a whole journey. But that's kind of, I guess, the story of it. I don't know if that, I mean, I don't want to bore you with any more details beyond that. But I think that you kind of get an idea of how it all happened. And we've now, it's 2023. So we've been open for like, it'll be um, seven, no, it'll be six years. When did I say we had seven, eight, nine, 10, 11? It'll be six years. Am I doing math right? Anyway, yeah, it'll be six years in October. So really it's such an honor to be able to do this work i do morning gratitudes every morning i say 10 gratitudes before i get out of bed and every morning one of them is i am so grateful to have this dream job and i am so grateful for my coven of kind and curious witches um and so that's the story and i'm sticking to it and so um you may notice when i'm storytelling i'm probably leaving out some of the less exciting or unsavory aspects of it because to me now the story feels so magical but it didn't feel maybe magical when I was in it at some points it was downright frustrating and scary and you know funding it was really hard and it was all financed by me and you know selling investments and you know I worked corporate for many many years so you know emptying out my savings all of that stuff so it was not like it was not an easy process, but I look back upon it very magically and just seeing the big picture of how it was like meant to happen and how guided I felt throughout the process. So um, I hope that maybe this story also empowers people to to embrace both aspects of what we do at the studio, which is the witchiness and the sensuality and sexuality, because I will say the witchcraft without finding that sensual sexual power within myself kind of falls short. Um, but I also always encourage people to go out, explore and live life and try the different things and do get weird and see what works and see what doesn't. And that's how you really like find your own truth. And I really do feel like I'm still, I'm a perpetual student um, I've never done learning. Um, and I do feel like I have clarity though, around like what it is that I'm truly interested in and what really resonates with me. And I just am so grateful that every day it's my job to go deeper into that and to learn more and to teach more. Um, and so that's it. Ooh, this is a long episode. If you were still listening, thank you so much. Um, this feels like the most self-indulgent thing I've ever recorded the most self-indulgent thing I've ever recorded. So if you hung in there, um, thank you. If you have any other specific questions, you can um, post post in our, our, when I post in social media, feel free to, to comment there, but I feel like that's, that's the general gist of it all. And I am so grateful for everyone who's part of our coven and this community and who has any interest in this at all. Um, and I look forward to returning next time with a guest. So until then, stay in your magic. I love you. Mwah. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Minx and Muse podcast. You can find show notes and learn more about the studio at www.minxandmuse.com. As a reminder, it is our birthright to transform, expand, and safely exist as sensual, conscious, and empowered creatures. 